Dr. Savvy's regular media watch brings you rising stars from various business sectors, public services and charities. Available on Sky, YouTube and Spotify. Welcome to Season 5 Episode 19 of Dr. Savvy's Media Watch. A few years ago Dr. Savvy had an opportunity to interview the Reverend Jesse Jackson. At the time Dr. Savvy was asked by a close friend of his, a CEO of a major UK housing trust to interview Jesse Jackson during Jesse's short stopover in London. Jesse Jackson is an American civil rights activist, Baptist minister, and politician. He was a candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination in 1984 and 1988 and served as a shadow U.S. Senator for the District of Columbia from 1991 to 1997. He is also the founder of the organizations that merged to form Rainbow Push. Rainbow Push is a nonprofit organization formed as a merger of two nonprofit organizations, People United to Save Humanity, and the National Rainbow Coalition. Both organizations pursue social justice, civil rights and political activism. The recording took place just after the last stock market crash, with many losing their homes with the banks rushing to reclaim their loans to everyday people. Some of the points raised at the time are still relevant today. So, welcome to an archive recording of Media Watch. The following podcast has been recorded with the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Good morning. Good Reverend morning. Jesse. Good to meet you. Wonderful for you to come over to London. To you, sir. And this is Nikisha. My name is Dr. Savvy. And we're here on behalf of uh, presentation. It's a special trip with regards to uh, economics. What, what is that initiative all about? Uh, equal access to economics. We've gone through several stages of the development of our struggle. This year you've celebrated in England 200 year anniversary of the end of the slave trade. But then there was slavery, uh, 1833, and then colonialism, conquering and occupying countries through Africa and the Caribbean, and then the persistent discrimination, the legacy of that. Absolutely. Yeah. But in the various struggles, we have won. We won the battle to end the slave trade, to end slavery, in colonialism. So we are free, mm. but unequal. Free with great disparities between those who were the slave traders who got a subsidy to end the slave trade, but those who were enslaved and traded got nothing. Mm. So we have these huge economic gaps. And so people uh, of color, work hard, live further from their jobs, pay more for less because of predators, live under stress and don't live as long. The question becomes how do we use our dollars and our votes to leverage to get equal access to economics. So beyond slave trade, beyond slavery, beyond the right to vote, is access to capital, industry, technology and deal flow. So we're working on building an, an equal economic arrangement and to buy shares of stock in major institutions that with whom we trade but who don't trade with us. All right, I see. 
we can leverage those relationships for economic participation. If you look at the word itself, I think it's kind of derived from uh, greater justice and equality. So it kind of it's it goes, comes equal, together quite equal well. economics. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good term. Um, and one of the problems is that people who are black are victims of one-way trade. Mm. We trade, we trade with major corporations. They don't trade with us. So we trade with the shoe companies and the food companies. We trade with all the dealers. We trade with the fast food companies. We trade with them, but it's not reciprocal trade. Mm, it's true. So yeah. uh, we get the taste and they get the profit. We want to share in the profits. Yeah, it's kind of capitalism gone wrong a little bit, isn't it? There. Um, what's what's your? I mean, you're getting involved right now, haven't you? I mean, you've been involved for for a bit, but why right now, uh, especially in the UK? You know. Well, there's a, a growing body of concerned people in the UK who want to not only build an, an equal numic situation here, but see its international dimension. If you mention uh, there's a prime subprime foreclosure crisis Absolutely, in, in there the is, US, yeah. super prime as well. In some it's, it's felt in the Barclay yeah. Bank. You know, there's a because these banks are so globally organized as they're so inextricably bound and, and, and connected. So we must have some presence in the UK and the USA, really Germany and France and South Africa. That's a, the critical mass where we should have relations. So mm -hmm. as we deal with these global banking, we can have global negotiations uh, and if we have shares of stock, can from the shareholders meeting raise critical questions both about the makeup of the bank, its priorities, and its investment. Mm. Clearly, one concern now is the subprime product, uh, a scheme cooked up by the big bankers and by the subprime predators. Absolutely, yeah. It's having a devastating impact upon homeowners. So we're having a march on Wall Street December the 10th, okay. demanding that our houses be saved and that they choose mass reconstruction of loans over mass foreclosure. Different options rather than actually uh, the short well, options. Option A would be to foreclose homes by the thousands and lose in America alone maybe $400 billion in the home value. Right. And that number is, is rising. But the impact could... could uh, uh, create for the world that kind of a ripple effect, isn't it? A really? devastating economic impact. Yeah. So we're urging that, if necessary, the governments get involved, but certainly the corporations should take the initiative on a plan for massive reconstruction of mm. loans, long-term low-interest loans, rather than mass foreclosure. It almost kind of like draws a, a um, an extension into corporate responsibility in one sense, isn't it? Well, it's, kind co of it's corporate responsibility, it's also corporate survival, because yeah. if you can use the knowledge of, of a ship, the Titanic, mm. when the people at the base and the hull of the ship were given this subprime product, right, um, and the water began to come in the bottom, they were dismissed as ignorant. Mm. They're, in they're in trouble because they, they couldn't read the fine print and they should have known better, so they're ignorant. But the water kept rising. The water mm. never comes in from the deck down. It comes in from the hull up. Absolutely, yeah. Now the water's up on the deck and the captain's table. You see the captain and Merrill Lynch having mm. to jump ship. You see the yeah. captain and see the group having to bank ship, jump ship. Now, of course, they're jumping ship into private yachts. 
They sure are. They've got them on reserve. Getting millions for bailout. <laughs> but we must develop a plan now to stop the water from coming in in the in the hull and save everybody on the ship yeah, because we're that. so inextricable about hmm. if you and I are neighbors and your house will close and mine does not, it devalues my house. Hmm. So I may be paying more for the house than it's worth because it got devalued because your house was foreclosed. So we must therefore work together on some massive plan to reorient our um, uh, bank relationship. There's a lot of implications all around, really. I mean, um, coming back, back to the economics um, aspect, do you think there's an issue associated with sustainability and momentum? Because it, it's great to have you on board, uh, but what about the kind of how does it keep going? How does it? How do you ensure that everyone feels really good about it? Well, yeah. I'm going to invest in need is the basis of organisation and self-interest. It's a sustaining force. Mm. People need to sustain their quest for economic justice, economic parity, mm. for fair trade. Uh, to stop redlining the areas where blacks live and begin to green line them. After all, the black community represents an underserved market with underutilized talent and untapped capital. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, it's market money, talent, and growth. So to redline these communities or not invest in them right. because of reasons basically a, a racial fear is irrational. Mm. These are the markets of growth in terms of resources and and talent and more market. Sometimes people don't realise the amount of um, intellectual capital and um, I guess you know personal motivation and, that people and have fi- as well. And, and financial capital. Yeah. You know, there are those who now identify that in those areas you can get great football players in those areas mm. are, are great boxers. We have more talent. Than just that, those yeah. are those are great talents, uh, but uh, there are people. Most people in, in these areas work, mm. and they aspire to be homeowners. Yeah. They aspire to send their children to college. They aspire to be productive. Everybody wants the best for their family as well, don't they? You know. During times of war, they are the first uh, to go mm. to, in some sense, prove their patriotism. Um, so it becomes our duty in. Rainbow Push Coalition Economics to bring down those irrational barriers and mm. to use our vote and our dollar, uh, our pound, and coalitions to expand the economy and to be included. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way, great way to do it. Um, wanted to ask you about uh, specifically about the U.S. You know, if you look back at the the African and uh, Afro American community there. They've been very successful. Well, it's one perspective that they've been quite successful in um, kind of political their political capacity in terms of uh, mobilising that. Um, do you think the UK has the same level of um, opportunity there, or do you think the UK lagged behind in that? Um, I mean, I'm just looking at it from one perspective to say it appears that the um, uh, Afro American uh, community have mobilised themselves, but have the U- do you think the UK have as much? Well, there's certainly a growing consciousness in, in mm. the UK about the use of, of black, defined as African-Caribbean, as African-African, and as Asian. Absolutely, yeah. That coalition is coming together and realizing it's collective coalition strength. Mm. But it was born of a different circumstance than the African-American community in America, which in some sense is more 
coherent because this is African American, mm. and so for, for two and four to six years, as a common identity, having been enslaved, mm. another hundred years of the same group and living on their apartheid laws, or what they call Jim Crow laws. And we can somewhat define periods, 1865, slavery ended as a matter of law. 1896, the law of apartheid came in. 1954, it became illegal. And by 64, we got public accommodations, access to public facilities. 65, the right to vote. So certain defined points rhythm. on that milestones, really. Uh, and it, to that extent, it is it is kind of, comparatively speaking, culturally homogenous. Mm. Uh, and over the last four to two years, you've seen the rapid escalation of African American political power. You now have the the um, chair of House Ways and Means, mm. Charlie Rangel, African American, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, John Conyers, an African American. In some sense, a reaction to that, you have. Condoleezza Rice, Secretary of State, right, yeah. though she's of a different political persuasion, is in part Republican reaction to our growth. Um, Barack Obama, U.S. Senator, yeah. so more than two African American Congress people, one U.S. Senator, and many mayors and state legislators. So there has been a steady drumbeat of growth over the last one to two years. Mm-hmm. But in the, I think I mean, it's interesting if, if you look at it. I mean, the UK's had different waves. I mean, my, my father came on a boat back in 1957, 1958 to the UK, and then you, know, you have a whole load of generations that are. Which is a r- relatively young population. Yeah, absolutely. If you but look at it I'm in the kind of contrast with the coalition that's developing in the UK. But my interest is in connecting the UK and the USA and South Africa. Mm. So we globalize those relationships because if it's. Barclays Bank, or if it's Citigroup or Deutsche Bank, they're connected, mm. and we must be connected. Yeah, it's interesting because they're, they're connected through kind of sophisticated electronic networks and, and all the rest well, of it. But we have yeah. access to the same networks. Yeah. So it's now a matter of us having the same relationships mm. because relationships drive the technology more than the technology drives relationships. Yeah. So us having partners on both sides of the ocean in South Africa gives us a. Um, Ability to negotiate for mm. for fairer treatment of uh, economics, economics, and to negotiate whether it's banks, uh, uh, fast food franchises, uh, with with uh, manufacturers, because we certainly have the strength of organized. We have the consumer strength, the mm. intellectual capital. We have the labor. We have the technology. We have the margin of profit. Mm which gives us the ability to leverage and negotiate for more inclusion. Do you think, though, I mean, that, that's kind of a corporate, you know, there's a retail side, there's manufacturing, there's, there's a corporate element to that. But there are probably current political challenges, and I reckon you could kind of put those political challenges into kind of the, the politicians themselves and the media. Do you think there's any, do you think there are things that you can identify in terms of, you know, things that could be done or kind of, some suggestions to kind of Politically, address those in, political um, and, and media challenges. I mean, media is a big, big subject, isn't in, it? In the UK, for example, if the blacks register and vote their strength, mm. that could be 10% of the parliament. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that was a point in uh, former US elections as well. Over 100 slots. Yeah. So just as African Americans and our allies leverage the 
the House, the Senate, and the White House in the U.S., you can do the same thing in the U.K. Yeah. At some point, somebody in black who's credible must run for prime minister mm. just to arouse the public, to inspire registration. Absolutely, yeah. To build a coalition, mm. to argue a different case, who sees the Caribbean, uh, Africa, or Asia differently. Mm. But you have to take the bold, audacious step to make that move, and I'm convinced when you make that move, people will respond. Because it's, it's got to be like a combination of role models plus opportunity um, plus initiatives like the one that you're involved in that mm-hmm. are really going to help help drive that whole movement forward, I think. Indeed. Yeah. Well, it's been great talking to you today, and you know, really appreciate it. I know you've got a really massively busy well, schedule. I look you know. forward to our continuous uh, dialogue and international too. conversations. Yeah. Um, We've got the internet, so we can talk to each other. One thing we want to do on December the 10th, we're having worldwide demonstrations that day Okay. on the banks that have triggered the subprime lending crisis. Over in Wall Street, right? They're figuring out ways to. Um, drop their losses mm. and write them off. But while they can write off losses, the people cannot write off their homes. Mm. So December 10th, there will be a major demonstration on Wall Street, but also in Britain Right on that same day, saying to these banks that the subprime product was uh, conceived in exploitation mm. and greed of schemes. And we want massive reconstruction of loans so people can keep their houses and not massive foreclosures. Absolutely, yeah. Great, good to meet you. Thank you very much for all your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week for Season 5, Episode 19. Join us next time for some more leadership insights with some amazing rising stars of businesses and charities. To contact the show producers or to be featured on the show, please contact us at drsavvy at savvyleaders.com. Thanks for listening.